Good day, young Nicola. How are you? How are we? I am fine. Miss Crichton. Mrs. Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, Fox Force right. 5, everybody. We are here to give you five things you need to know this week as we are most weeks these days. Um, yeah, Nick, you're a bit, you're not yourself this morning. No, I um, was kind of slacking with my um, Invisalign braces and I got the kind of brackets back on my teeth. Yesterday you can't see them, but I got the glue back on my teeth, which makes them really tight, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you remember when you were young and you'd have your braces tightened? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like that. So it's I like literally didn't sleep. Eating glass. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the entire mouth is under pressure. So your head Mm. starts to hurt and everything. And like, actually, it was okay for a few hours. And I woke up at five o'clock and it was like throbbing. So um, I currently have the mouth. Did you take painkillers? I did. I took two there at like half five this morning. So I'm going to go again now in a while. But um, it was, uh, yeah, it just kind of like, it's just like, you know, I was trying to enjoy life without having the stupid things in for a short amount of time. Yeah. And I've probably set myself back a bit, but it will pass. Like, it's just very bad at the moment. So, oh my gosh. so you weren't wearing the retainers, is it? Is that what Not happened? really. Like, I wasn't uh, really wearing it much between honeymoon and the wedding and stuff. So I should yeah. have been. But uh, I kind of thought they said, oh, is that right? Blah, blah, blah. But no, <laughs> apparently I was supposed to be wearing them the whole time and I didn't. Oh, but because I had the things off my teeth, you know, so I think I just kind of forgot about it. Mm. So, yeah. Yes, my head feels like it's been crushed in a vice. So um, I will have to put them back in halfway through this. So you'll notice my voice will go all uh, spishy again because I'm not used to them. So, um, But for the moment, I'm drinking a cup of tea and I'm just going to enjoy my cup of tea because I have to wear them 22 hours a day. If I hear it one more time, 22 hours a day, I have to wear them. I'm just very good. Now, the only thing is, I would say it's probably good for snacking. You know, you don't snack as much. Yeah. <laughs> but you're at like, the moment, there's You're like, can you? Through the wire. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're so bloody painful getting them in and out. Like, so, uh, just, yeah, I'm going to drink my cup of tea. So halfway through this, I'll have Enjoy to back that. in so you'll notice the oh, difference. Okay. But yeah. how are you? Listen, I'm dying to hear. I haven't spoken to you at all. So Westlife, tell me about what you were at Westlife. Oh, weekend. yeah. It was great, Craig. We had a great it all the time. epic. Uh, the, it was really it good. So yeah. Full of people and the atmosphere yeah. looked really good and everything. Yeah, Two nights they did, was it? Left. Yeah, so they did Friday and Saturday. And I know a few people went Friday too, and they had a great time too. So it seemed like it was obviously just as good. Weather was the fabulous, sure as well. Sure, it was so hot. And it was nice at that time. Like it was still hot, like, but it was all right. And we were in the shade by the time we got into the stadium. Now, they did have Wild Youth who were a Limerick band supporting them and Emil oh, yeah. Sandy, but we missed both of them. <laughs> we Wild were Youth having such a good Wild Youth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were having such a good old time that we we actually went to like Tequila Jacks in the city, which is like on the boardwalk, you know, which mm-hmm. is really nice. So got in there, had a few dish burritos, and uh, then we decided to stroll away. And then we stopped at the Marina Market, got some food. It was really nice, like nice. had some food there, soakage, and they walked out Summer another in bit. The city. Mm-hmm. Cut the queue then for the toilet and said there was mental so then we went along and they'd actually put up a couple of portaloos and they were grand like on the way to the stadium which was Great. a good idea so I went for a little weed there and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then got to the stadium I'd say about quarter past eight and just had enough time to line up. Rachel Adam was in front of us in the queue in her passe and um, she was rocking the grandmother coastal grandmother for sure anyway I tell you Rachel um, 
Rachel Allen, the chef, you know. <laughs> oh, I just said Rachel Adam. I was like, isn't she like a Hollywood actress? Uh, nah, Rachel, no. Okay, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she well, was. She yeah, was she's definitely her, a grandmother, of course. Grandmother, grandmother type she, person. Yes, yeah, yeah. grandmother. And uh, so then we sat down about half eight, and they were on five minutes later, and oh, perfect. They, it was really good. They did all the classics, but also they did like a an ABBA medley okay. where they sang like seven or eight ABBA songs, which was a great crack all together. Uh, really made me want to go to ABBA voyage in London because I think it's going to be amazing but uh, yeah so that was great crack all together and we strolled away home afterwards strolled back to Douglas so it was grand and the moon was so beautiful over the last few days well Thursday, Friday, Saturday and it was the super moon the last super moon of the yeah. year mm-hmm. so it was just so bloody gorgeous so it was really nice lovely night to just kind of walk away and stop for a drink on the way home and it was really nice and it was I tell you there's something so good for the soul, spending time with female friends, you know, it yeah. really heals your soul. And especially, you know, some of the girls I hadn't seen in ages. So yeah. it was really nice to have a proper catch up because at the wedding, everything's kind of a whirlwind, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Re-energizes you. Yeah. Yes. And tell us about Effie's uh, graduation. <laughs> yes, we had a great, very busy weekend. So, so Effie was invited back to her old nursery in Portobello for her graduation, which was the cutest thing ever. But of course, I was an emotional wreck again watching her with all her old <laughs> friends and all the staff loved her there so much. They were like, ah, there was people like running across the park to, towards her when we were coming Aww. in. And, and still, to be fair, so oh, it was very emotional. But the weather was beautiful and um, it's very cute. They had this like tree tree stump that they had to go up on and jump off and when they jumped off they graduated now most of the kids obviously were jump they were called we meese their group and most of them were becoming scotty Mm. dogs but obviously um effie was had left it was so um but they gave her a present they all got presents and oh it was just so cute Um, oh gosh yeah and then we went and met up with one of estelle's little pals um who she was pals with there in after school club and her mom is actually Irish um, so we've met them a few times they're really nice people so we were hanging around with them for a while and then we went to the beach because it was roasting and the beach is just and there nice. and literally we're there for about I'd say half an hour and the hair rolled in and it was absolutely freezing and we had to like run off the beach <laughs> what's the hair? I saw you talking about it's like really day, cold but... fog you know oh, so yeah, it was weird, but um, it happens sometimes. It's really, it always happens in Edinburgh, but um, usually during the winter, but obviously it can happen at any time. Um, and then and just to top off the day, we had a trip to Ikea to buy chairs because we were having this gathering on Sunday. So that was, a very, we left the house like half eight. We weren't home till like after seven. So it was a long God, day, it was a good day. Wrecked. It was a fun yeah. day. If we fell asleep in the car on the way home, we just kind of transported her straight from the car to the cot. But um then Sunday, we had this gathering for our neighbours, which went really well. And they all seemed very nice and was pretty civilised and was all finished by about nine o'clock. And then we had amazing thunder and lightning. I mean, like deafening thunder and lightning. Like it was at one point, I think there was only about two seconds between the clap and the light, you know. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, the house is going to burn down. Oh, my God. Um, It was mad. But... Effie and Estelle didn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> I was actually lying awake because it was so loud. Like, it was Nervous. crazy. Um, and it, it kind of went away. That started about 11, went away about 12 and then about half 12, maybe. And then it started again at four in the morning. And I thought, oh, they're definitely going to be up now. Nah, slept through the whole thing. Thank God. Mad. Yeah, anyway, we had time. it. Yeah, we had it. The Sunday. day after. Us. We had it yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, mm. yeah. 
Mm. Effie decided last night she wants to go into her big girl bed, so she stayed in her oh, big girl bed last night. And a uh, little go? bit of me died inside, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, it went okay. It went okay. Yeah, she yeah. didn't get out of bed until 20 to 7 this morning, so she wow. was over-bothering poor Estelle, of course, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It was like, get out of my space. Yeah, and it still went back to school yesterday as well, the crater, so. It's mad the way it goes. It's so early there. You know, yeah, it's, it's early, early for us. Like, well, we, they break yeah. up earlier, you know, so. So it was great. She had a great first date, even though it was, oh, it was pouring rain yesterday morning when they were going out, so you couldn't get any nice outdoor photos and then couldn't get a photo at the school gate or anything, you know, but um, yeah. she had a good day anyway, so um, she's happy out. Oh, good. It's kind she's of good. A lot of her buddies routine. would be in that summer club and stuff like that, yeah. so she's seen them at East and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And she knows mm. a few of the kids from around the neighbourhood now as well here, you know, so that's good. So, yeah, it's a very busy weekend, my God. And then yesterday I had a right rush of blood to the head and I was feeling so flabby and unfit after the weekend and I just thought, I'm going to sign up for a half marathon. So myself and Di signed up for oh, a half marathon in November. Well and it was quite Brilliant. funny because afterwards Di, wrote, she messaged me and she said, um, what's the route? And I was like, oh shit, we never looked at the route. Four times around Arthur's seat. <laughs> oh <laughs> we'll no. Die. Yeah, terrible. Oh. But anyway, it'll be fine. Kind like of boring. Something. Yeah. Kind of a Although boring Arthur's seat run, is like. a nice run and it is um, yeah. scenic, you know. Yeah. That was my news. That was my weekend. It was hectic, hectic. But a few more, a few more to come. Hectic, yeah, yeah, and we, I had... Um, ah, I know. Went to a show last week for the Fringe. The Kinky Boots was very good and really enjoyed it. I've got one tomorrow night now as well. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. What's that one? Uh, it's called The Undoing of Prudencia Heart. It's actually like an like a immersive mm-hmm. theatre thing. So you sit at a table and the actors sit with you. And um, yeah, it's supposed to be excellent. So looking forward to that. Huh. And then we've got uh, Woody's gig on Friday night. So we're going to that. And anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Should we kick off? Yes. Kick off, kick off. Okay. So number one. One. So this week I'm in full-blown renting mode. <laughs> There's a few things been in the last week where I was like, I wonder which ones Kelly is going to have a rent about. But um, there's been a few things in this news as well you've probably missed, so I'll... I'll inform you in a minute. But yes, I'm going to guess. Is it this period officer thing? Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I didn't really get a chance to look into that. But um, if I'm really honest, I'm like, yeah, OK, it's, it's not ideal. But like gynecologists are men like, you know, yeah. and they deliver babies. I, I kind of feel like why should we just yeah. just because he's a man say he can't do it? Yeah. But at the same time, it just makes an awful lot more sense that a woman does it because she understands it better. But I don't know. But that's like saying only women can deliver babies. Yeah, I feel exactly. like, you know, mm. um, so I'm I'm that's I wouldn't die in that ditch, to be honest with you. But um, I, I would also question, though, their thinking, you know, and their yeah. hiring procedure probably mm. first. Um, like they, but should, anyway, no, they should have known there was backlash that coming really. But yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, No, what I'm ranting about is the Rose of Tralee. It's it's on next week. (laughs) And I I just think this thing is the biggest joke we have. One of the biggest (laughs) jokes in Ireland. It's a little bit like the the poor old goat up in um, Puck Fair last week, which is also a joke. That poor goat. 
Oh, anyway. for God's sake. He was only up there a couple of hours. You don't even start yeah, with the goat. up there for the three days or the four days or the five days if it hadn't been for the It's only three days weather. and they took him down when it was hot. He's fine. He lives on the side no. of a bloody cliff on a mountain in the heat the whole time. I just where, he can, where he can jump around and play and roll about for and For three days of his entire life. Let's not, I wouldn't worry too much about it. He's fine. Would you like to be put in a, in a cage for three days of your life and just if left there? So people look at me and admire me for three days I'd sit in the cage <laughs> if I was being fed and watered no bother I'd do it and in the heat wave give me a little umbrella a bit of shade I'd be happy. <laughs> Oh, let's, well, I wonder if they tranquilize him, the poor creator. But anyway. They uh, no, they don't. There's a whole, like, tradition. Off, to be honest with you. There's a pure, 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 like, there's a whole tradition about how they catch the goat and all that stuff, like, and how they choose yeah, him. Yeah, but tradition, smedition. Sm- like, I don't, you um, know, whatever. Anyway, Rosetree. <laughs> uh, it's that time of year again when the antiquated, outdated cringe fest that is the Rose of Tree rolls into town and I for one think it's a huge joke if you haven't guessed already. Um, I was reading an article, I wasn't even really thinking about it and then I saw this article on RTE yesterday um, and I felt like I might be banging my head against a brick wall reading it. So I was like, all right, okay, but I'll come back to that later. Mm-hmm. So I, when I did a, I did a course at Radio Kerry like 20 years ago and as part of the course you had to put together a little radio package and I did one about how I, how the Rose of Tree was out of date. That was 20 years ago right <laughs> this shit is still going on right um i mean it's 27 years since father ted's lovely girls competition <laughs> come on so i asked myself what is the purpose of this and i found out that the original aim of the event was to bring more people to town when the races were on and to get the expats to visit home and spend some money locally fair enough you know it was 1959 Women were still being locked up in the Magdalene laundries and babies were still being removed from their mothers and given up for adoption or thrown into septic tanks, you know. But anyway, however, since 1959, we've had the following rather significant progress for women in Ireland. We've had the Women's Liberation Movement. The marriage bar was removed in 1973. In 77, we gained the Employment Equality Act. In 79, the Family Planning Act allowed for the sale of contraceptives with the prescription and to anyone over 18 from 1979. In 1990, we elected our first female president. In 1996, we secured divorce. In 2015, we secured gay marriage. And in 2018, we repealed the Eighth Amendment legalising abortion in Ireland. But yet, here we are still heading, herding a group of women onto a stage to be interviewed by a man. They spend their time during the festival being escorted by men. Again, I'm not too sure why, in case they lose the run of themselves, maybe, or they act inappropriately. Anyway, this has, of course, happened in the past when a 2016 Sydney entrant, Brianna Parkins, advocated the repeal of the constitutional ban on abortion from the stage. The organisers were not happy and responded by saying that the festival was no place for politics. In other words, women shouldn't be talking about politics. So I wondered, what is the criteria? How do you win this thing? Well, first you have to get in. And when I looked on the festival website for any reference to how the contest is judged, I found absolutely nothing. But a Journal.ie article from 2016 says, according to the Rose of Tralee mission statement, the show seeks to celebrate the aspirations, ambitions, intellect, social responsibility and Irish heritage of modern young women. The irony. So back to this article anyway, it's basically Dahi being interviewed about the festival and you can see they are trying their hardest to legitimise the thing with key lines about allowing trans people enter for the first time this year. 
But there isn't actually anyone trends in the final. But he keeps talking about how it would be nice to interview somebody trends. They've also really pushed the boat out and moved the upper age limit for entrance from 28 to 29. And now you're also allowed to enter if you're married. Christ on a bike. Like. <laughs> it took until 2018 for a single mother to get to the final. And a few years back, RTE commissioned what was supposed to be a documentary about the run up to the festival following the roses, etc. They came in for significant criticism about Road to the Dome programme and how roses were selected for the live final. Down Rose, Frenchie McCormack said she and other roses were treated like animals in a circus and the 65 roses in the final were manipulated, bullied and mistreated. She criticised the televised process in which the women were told who would be competing in the final. She said... She nor she said she nor any of the roses had signed up for a cheap reality television show in which our emotions would be manipulated for entertainment. If the rose of tree wants to stay alive, it has to change, says Dahi. And he says, to be fair, they've changed all along. There was a time when you couldn't be married. There was a time when you couldn't have a child. There was a time when the age limit was something like 25. Then it went to 27. And I think it's 29 now. They're changing with the times. It's just another positive move. Is he, can he even hear himself? (laughs) It's all about people, he continues. Male, female, trans, we're human beings. I want to talk to people on stage, people that have their own story to tell. And could you imagine the journey that person would have to tell on stage? Very, very interesting. So why not create a festival for expats? Or why not create a male and female festival, if that's the case? Why is it still just Mm, about women? Yeah. And then towards, towards, towards the end of the article, they start talking about how he looks, how Dahi looks. I lost a few pounds in 2019, but I found a lot of them, he jokes. And then I didn't have the Rose of Trilly last year or the year before to straighten myself up again. No gimmicks, no sauna suits, no nothing at all. Just proper eating, plenty of exercise and plenty of water. I go teetotal, I ditch the booze. I had one or two drinks over the summer and that's about it. But a week Thursday, look out, he laughs. I'm going for it. Seriously, stand back. I'm going for it. So body shaming and also giving up alcohol, but not really in the last bit of the alco- in, uh, in the article there. Anyway, that was just, those, I was like, this. <laughs> anyway, thanks. But this stuff is uh, ridiculous. As bad as the goat up in the plinth for three days, this ship belongs in the past. In a world where we are still battling for equality with men, this contest makes women small. Something to be admired. Certainly not something to be challenging or to be contended with. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. That's I know there's an ar- I know there's an argument about tradition or whatever, but I just if we could draw traditions in the world, we'd all still be locked up. I think it's kind of dying. I wonder how it's going to be received this year because it hasn't been on for a few years. You know, like because it is quite outdated, all right? Like you know, so I don't Which know. They I put so much money years. into it, like yeah, RT and years. um RT and the local authorities and all that put so much money in. Although I did see Ballygarry House was one of the sponsors. Now Ballygarry House is one hotel. How much money could they be putting into it? Not a lot, like, you know. Well, it's so, usually Newbridge silverware and all that stuff as well, like, so mm-hmm. I wonder. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I, it's not that I'm disagreeing with you. I'm just, I just don't really think about it. <laughs> yeah. Which is not really I, my peripheral of stuff to be um, outraged about. There's I, so much to be honest, I've <laughs> always just thought it was, uh, I always thought it was old fashioned and out of date. And then reading that article might just boil my piss, for want of a better expression. <laughs> So. Oh God! Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> thank you for um, listening. <laughs> Welcome to my TED talk on how shit the world's a trillion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Thank you. All right. Anyway, there you go. Number two. Two. Maybe we'll mention. I was going to talk about the Rose Street now. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs>
Um, so from one outdated tradition to another, um, I'm going to talk about reality TV this week because you know it's where my heart lies, and uh, there's mm. lots of new good reality TV on at the moment. But my my favorite, which was out in 2020, which they've done another series of now, is Indian Matchmaker. Did you watch it in 2020? No. So it's really Indian good. It's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually about um an Indian matchmaker. <laughs> so <laughs> quite literal uh, then. So Seema Taparia, she's a marriage consultant from uh, Mumbai who uses like mm. preferences from people, their parents, and years of matchmaking experience to see if they're kind of a suitable match for each other. So it's arranged marriage, but it's kind of arranged marriage, but like they get to date and stuff before the marriage. But like she's basically finding people for other people. So it's like it's a matchmaker, like like Liston Barna, all that crack. Um, but what like people pay it's a good bit of money. Um, because everyone seems to be kind of well off, like to hire her and stuff. And she travels all over the world doing it. And she'll like get your preferences from them, what's important to you and to being a partner, and then she'll often and meet the parents as well of the person like that she's interviewing. And then she goes off, finds profiles that match the person's description, comes back, and then they decide on one out of two or one out of three or whatever. And then they meet up without her there. But like she does all kind of the pre-work or whatever. And it sounds um, mad. It doesn't sound like it would be very entertaining, but it's really entertaining. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. uh, the first season was brilliant. It was in 2020, so it feels like it was 17,000 years ago. But um I'm on episode four or five now, the new series as well. And it's very good. It's just like about love and some people struggle and some people find their match. And, but I, I love the little kind of inserts they have at the start of every episode because they interview people who were arranged marriages like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago that are still together. And they kind of talk about their experience and stuff like that only for a few minutes, but it's really sweet to kind of just see like how that worked for them and didn't work for some and it did work for others and mm. it's mad to see like how it worked because obviously that was the norm like in India you wouldn't in in some mm. families you wouldn't have any choice in it you know so um mm. it was very much about like how they were like they met like a few times and they were married and it's mad and how it worked out for a lot of people and all that mm. but um so I know it's very traditional and um obviously not a lot of people would agree with it but I mean she's not doing that she's just literally matchmaking with people to like mm. you know make sure people find love and stuff like that and a lot of people come to her when they're kind of you know fed up of the normal way of trying to find people through dating apps or whatever maybe so it's really good and like she's very entertaining she's very dry but like you know, she's like, you know, people give you a list of 10 things. She's like, I can get you like 70% of what you want. You know, she's like, nobody is going to yeah. have you 100%. And, you know, she kind of needs people to like, to agree to that. And probably yeah, more say, realistic than we are ourselves. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say she's um, making a fortune doing it. But it's cool because you see the Indian culture and stuff as well. Because a lot of it, like, she'll go to like a face reader and have a pair, like a couple, two pictures and be like, okay, what do you think of this? And he'll like, give his thoughts on it and there's a lot of astrology involved and all that mad stuff that I never knew people would have relied so heavily upon in certain cultures you know about whether no somebody was supposed to be together or not so it's very interesting it was very entertaining it's only eight or ten episodes each season so I was in two seasons now and the new season was only added at the weekend but it's a nice easy watch and uh, like mm-hmm. there's no dr- well there's a bit of drama in it because some people are matched and maybe they're seeing each other and next thing they fall out and like it looked like it was going to be you know, a really good match and then unfortunately mm-hmm. not and all that stuff like um 
So that was my first one. And then I finally caught up on the new Real Housewives uh, franchise, which is Real Housewives of Dubai. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's good. It's, worth, it's a good old watch. There's one or two very good characters in it. Uh, the rest is a bit, I don't know, the rest of them are a bit annoying. But um, if you're a fan of Real Housewives, then you'll enjoy it. It's on Sky and OTV, so you can stream it there. So they're my cool. TV watches. What did you say the first TV. one was called again? The Indian Matchmaker? Yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix. Um, we watched the Woodstock documentary, oh, yeah. Woodstock 99 documentary mm. over the weekend. It was actually very entertaining. But I think by the end of it, Stuart and I were both like, they overegged that a little bit. But three episodes, we watched two back to back. It is the kind of thing you're like, oh my God, what is going to happen here? So you would, yeah. you'd watch it all in one sitting. like. Um, but they kind of, obviously it was this Woodstock sort of reimagined thing in 99, which was set up by the original guy, Michael Lang, who set up Woodstock and some promoters or whatever. But it took place on like an air base in upstate New York somewhere. And um, not maybe a great idea in terms of locations for a mm. uh, festival, even though they had things like on-site ha- hospitals and hangars okay. and all that kind of thing. But um, basically, anyway, I don't want to give too much of it away, but things go start to go wrong. Like they kind of underestimate, they don't really look after people properly and the people start to kind of turn on them. And then they've got some really sort of um, quite, we'll say, aggressive bands playing as well. So yeah. they had corn and they had like Limp, Limp Biscuit and they had, yeah, and lots of people like that. The Kid Rock and even Chili Peppers did a set and kind of didn't hold back. Flea, Flea did the whole thing naked. And mm. yeah, there's a lot, lot goes on in it. But um, it's it's definitely worth a watch. And it's definitely like if you've ever been to a festival, you'd be kind of thankful for um the festivals that treat their customers um nicely. And also... But also, and it was funny because Stuart and I were talking about it afterwards and he was saying, oh, like, there's no security there, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, there's no security in Glastonbury. Like, there's hardly any security in Glastonbury. Yeah, something most, went really most wrong, good. You know? The same in Ziggish, there was hardly any security mm. there. Like, and it yeah. was grand. I think once it's organised. Because they were kind of well. complaining about, one of the elements that's complained about is that there wasn't enough security there. And I was like, well, that's, yeah. The thing is, it's like anything. It's like a police presence. If you have loads of security and loads of police, people feel intimidated and it creates a different vibe, you know, so mm. you, it's hard to get that right. But they definitely fucked up on other things like they didn't have enough water points. They took all people's water off them coming in. Mm. Um, yeah, there just was there was kind of no law, to be honest with you. But um, and there was various other bits and pieces happened. But um, and the, produ- the producers were just a bit conceited, I think, you know, but it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. So um yeah, what's it's on Netflix? Woodstock ninety nine. Uh, yeah. Oh no, it's called Trainwreck. Yeah. It's called Trainwreck. 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 It's like Trainwreck Woodstock ninety nine. Yeah. So if you looked up Woodstock, mm-hmm. you find it. <laughs> but no, I haven't exactly. watched it yet. I did hear people talking about it, right? And just kind of more that one thing that wasn't uh, acknowledged so much was like, yeah, that the fans would be like quite hardcore fans as well. So yeah. But, uh, and actually, there's a bit in the middle where somebody talks about sort of popular culture at the time, mm-hmm. and it was around the time like your fight club was out Uh and you know this representation of sort of masculinity and aggression and american pie you know which is basically about fucking things you know Mm. um and they were saying you know this is the kind of world that these these young guys were living in and just were like ready to Mm -hmm. fucking explode basically so a lot of that aggression kind of comes out and you see it in the thing but like there's mad stuff and the mob mentality thing is bizarre as well at the end but there's a terrible scene as well where um and again i won't give it all away but fat boy slim is doing like a 
big rave in a, one of the hangars and somebody steals an ambulance and drives it into the middle of the crowd. Jeez. Doesn't knock anybody down. Doesn't knock anybody down, but you'll hear what's, ha- what's going on. Wow. In the ambulance afterwards, which is terrible. But yeah. anyway, so there you go. Um, so that was Trainwreck and the Teddy for this week. Number three. Three. So this week, Nicola, you you passed this on to me, actually. Our Fox of the Week is Marie-Louise Cruz, more commonly known as Sachin Littlefeather. Oh, yeah. Sachin actually, Elaine sent it to me, so kudos to Elaine for this. <laughs> oh, well done, Elaine. Uh, she's an American actress, model and Native American civil rights activist. Littlefeather was born in born to a Native American Apache and a Yaqui father and a European... Excuse me, American mother. During the 1969 occupation of Alcatraz, she became involved in the Native American activist community. Littlefeather represented Marilyn Brando at the 45th Academy Awards in 1973, where she, on Brando's behalf, declined the Best Actor Award that he won for his performance in The Godfather. The favourite to win, Brando boycotted the ceremony as a protest against Hollywood's portrayal of Native Americans and to draw attention to the standoff at Wounded Knee. During her speech, the audience's response to Brando's boycotting was divided between booing and applause. Littlefeather joined the audience minutes before the award for Best Actor was announced. She was accompanied by Brando's secretary, Alice Marchick, and wore an Apache buckskin dress. Producer Howard W. Koch said she would, she would, she later told her, I don't know what that, you can't read it. He said you can't read all that in reference to the 739 word speech written by Brendo. So she condensed it all into 60 seconds. In other retellings of that night, Littlefeather said Koch told her that she had 60 seconds to deliver the speech or else she would be removed from the stage and arrested. Koch recalled that he permitted her to stay and make her speech after she promised not to make a scene. The Best Actor Award was presented by Norwegian actress Liv Ullman and British actor Roger Moore. After giving brief remarks and announcing the five nominees, they declared Brando the winner. Littlefeather walked onto the stage and raised her hand to decline the Oscar trophy that Moore offered her. Deviating from the prepared speech, she said the following. Hello, my name is Sachin Littlefeather. I'm Apache and I'm president of the Native American Affirmative Image Committee. I'm representing Marilyn Brando this evening and he asked me to tell you in a very long speech, which I cannot share with you presently because of the time, but I would be glad to share with the press afterwards that he very regretfully cannot accept this generous award and the reasons for this being at the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry. There was booze and cheers at this point. And on television, in movie reruns and also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon the evening and that we will in future, our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity. Thank you on behalf of Marilyn Brando. Moore escorted Littlefeather off stage past several people critical of her and towards the press. Littlefeather stated in 2022 that some people used the tomahawk chop towards her as she was led by. Oscars producer Koch and director Marty Pacetta both later recalled that John Wayne was waiting in the wings and had to be restrained by Mad. six security guards to prevent him from forcing her off the stage. At the press conference, Littlefeather read to journalists and the speech that Brando had prepared. The New York Times published the full text the next day. Later that night, before she announced the Best Actress winner, Raquel Welch said, I hope the winner doesn't have a cause. When Clint Eastwood presented the Best Picture Award, he remarked that he was presenting it on behalf of all the cowboys shot in John Ford Westerns over the years. <laughs> Michael Caine, the night's co-host, criticised Brando for letting some poor little Indian girl take the booze instead of standing up and doing it himself. 
Her appearance prompted the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences to rule out further future proxy acceptance of Academy Awards. Mm. After the Academy Awards speech, she went on to work in hospice care. She continues to work in activism for a number of health-related and Native American issues and has produced films about Native Americans. Littlefeather was described as a founding member of the Red Earth Indian Theatre Company in Seattle when awarded an Eagle Spirit Award in at the 2013 American Indian Film Festival. She continued doing activism and being a respected member of California's Native American community. In June 2022, the Academy sent Littlefeather a formal statement of apology to be read in full at an evening with Sasheen Littlefeather on September 17th. So there Man, you go. story. I don't know how we um, never came across it because, sorry, now my brain is back in, so I have my lisp again for a while. Um, but... I don't know how we didn't see it before, uh, here before because like often around the, Olymp- uh, the Olympics, around the Oscars, somebody will cover like, you know, things, dramatic things mm. that happen at the Oscars mm. and all that. And that seems to have been like kind of blurred. I feel like I have heard Oscar of it. I, did, I, I yeah. feel like I have heard of it. I, that image of her. I feel like I've mm. seen that before, but I hadn't actually read into it properly. Um, but at least they're making amends. How old was she at the time? How old was she at the time? Take some balls to do that back then as well. She was 26. Mother, 26. 27 wow yeah so yeah fair play to her like yeah and I read a bit more about it yesterday like I read mm. like how there was kind of stories about how they got to know each other her and Brando but like it kind of doesn't matter does it you know Um, she yeah, was just trying to they were both trying to you know draw attention to the fact that this was going on and um, yeah which they did do but it's kind of gobsmacking again when you hear some, these really famous people what their response to it was but again, yeah. a different time, but like doesn't justify it, does it? So um, well, they were kind of like of the, the cowboys, weren't they? Like John Wayne, yeah. Clint Eastwood, all that gang. Like, exactly. but like Jesus, yeah. disgusting. Um, it was interesting actually. Me and Mom have been watching um Australian MasterChef, and we were watching it in your house, obviously a couple of weeks ago. But mm. at the very start of the season, um, the guy Jack, who's the Scottish, uh, which mm-hmm. is an unfortunate name for a Scottish person, person but anyway, <laughs> that's the, the derogatory name. But um, he's a chef, obviously based in Australia, and he does a lot of like native cooking. Like he, mm-hmm. like takes a lot of his inspiration from na- the native people. And at the very start of the season, they said, um, you know, we'd really like to thank. And he said the, the name of the native people and thank mm-hmm. them for their, you know, the first nation of blah, blah, blah. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was exactly. Yeah. But he said, we'd like to thank them for this land that our studios are on and all this stuff, like, and thank them for allowing us to film here and blah, blah, blah. It was very nice, nice, I thought. Yeah, very nice yeah. to give them like... um a shout out, I suppose, and acknowledge it that it's all native land, I suppose, you know, so it was interesting, though. I suppose if he's cooking their food, that's kind of cultural appropriation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um... well, he's, well, I, I don't know, like, I mean, I don't think it's like that, like, he works with an awful lot of people from, like, native people and stuff like that. It's not like he's, mm-hmm. and it's not about him anyway, like, he's just mm-hmm. a judge on it. But um, I just thought it was nice, the way that they yeah. thanked them for the land and all that they were. That people they are getting were, a bit more um, clued in. Yeah, about sure. these things. Yeah. Uh, that was it. So that was our Fox of the Week, Mary Louise Cruz, otherwise known as Sasheen Littlefeather. Cool. Okay, number four. So a lot of people probably follow this person, but um, she gives me an awful lot of joy. Um, <laughs> so it's Betty Winkle on Instagram. Do you follow her? She's like an older lady. Um, her tagline is very famous. It's stealing her man since 1928. <laughs> Baddie Winkle. So her real name is 
Helen Van Van Winkle, honey, but actually, but her actual name is Helen Ruth Elman. So better known as Betty Winkle or Betty Winkle. It's all one word, Betty Winkle for Instagram Mm. or, you know, two words, Betty Winkle. Is an American internet personality. Um, She was born in Kentucky. She's become an internet, she became an internet sensation at uh, the age of 85. And like I said, her tagline of stealing her man since 1928 has become really popular. And it's actually like you'll see it printed on T-shirts and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I kind of love. Um, she has like three million followers. Um, she it's a lot of like obviously amazing style. And, you know, she posts just really she's just really, really, really cool. She's a really good sense of humor. And she also kind of fights against ageism through her personal style and messaging and uh, characterized. She's characterized by wearing kind of eccentric clothes and promoting the legalization of medical Mm. marijuana and her. uh, Yeah. So she's also an activist and an influencer whose self-expression is a statement of disapproval of the beauty industry and the false limitations it imposes on individuals and especially on women. And she has millions of followers and views on social media where she posts photos and videos of herself and often with suggestive clothing with particular prints, a little clothing in order to encourage body positivity and the celebration of the physiques of older adults. So you'll see her a lot in like really cool stuff, but also in like really short dresses, uh, tiny bikinis, uh, her boobs out. (laughs) (laughs) Wild, I love her. Um, I don't know, it was a Karen Hooley that introduced me to her years ago or Karis. It was one of them anyway, for sure. But she is just Mm -hmm. fabulous. Um, She's now in her 90s. So she, well, yeah, 1928. So she's 94 Mm -hmm. this year. Um, So she's just gas. All her posts are like really cool pictures of her. And she looks unreal as well, can I say. And then if you like kind of read the, oh yeah, she made it to 94 there on the 19th of July. And she just like her style is just unreal I just love it and um yeah like the, her last post there is about giving up smoking <laughs> she just gave up smoking after 70 years and that she gained some weight but um but let me slay real quick and then she's pictures of her up like posing and she's looking unreal with this tiny dress that, she gave up smoking <laughs> after 70 years Jesus yeah yeah Christ. so she's just kind of stuff like that like I just love her she is um gas and like there'll even be pictures of her like where she's sitting outside in her like knickers and a pure like you know older woman knickers and bra but she's just sitting there soaking <laughs> up the sun and she looks amazing and I just love her and um, so she's on Instagram like like I said and uh yeah feeling her man since 1928 I feel like we should get that like <laughs> tattooed or something but I am um, I just love her. Yeah. And totally fighting against ageism because she looks amazing. She's out there, out and about, and she's like has a zest of in- zest love for her. life and is full uh, of energy considering she's 94. Uh, so check her out. Yeah. And she's just so cool. Like, I mean, there's like loads of photo shoots. She's very famous, like on the internet. So she obviously has loads of kind of cool photo shoots and stuff like that. And she wears just mad. So she kind of reminds me of Iris. Yeah. Iris Apfel, yeah. You know, we covered her before. Iris Apfel. Less curated. Yes, it's just like she's just mm-hmm. a bit mad and I love it. True, true, true. <laughs> so check her out. I meant to cover her loads of times. I'd say she's a gas backstory. I don't know much mm-hmm. about it, but um, in terms of her internet presence, she is a joy true. to follow. So check well, her do. out. Nice one. Okay, number five. Five. So in music news this week, Franz Ferdinand and Sam Ryder, who was the UK entry for the Eurovision, you might recall, are among the artist ambassadors mm. who have been announced for National Album Day 2022. 
Just as an aside, did you hear the the Eurovision's coming to the UK? Yeah, so I hope it goes to Glasgow because I'd come yeah. over to you for it for sure. Even just to yeah. go into the city. Yeah, great I'm on like. for it. I'm living for it. Um, mm. uh, Newcastle. Newcastle as well, which is only an hour in the train from here. You know, we could go to Newcastle. Is yeah. it? So, yeah. um, no, yeah. there's a short list of like six now, I think. And Newcastle and Glasgow yeah, are still yeah, on, it. Yeah. on it. As well, I Maybe think. we're going yeah. to it from anywhere in the UK. You know what I mean? But um, Oh, yeah. The crack would be unreal. Yeah. Just to like go and dress up and all that. Like, I'd love it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, that, sorry, that was just an aside. So, yeah, pumped for Eurovision. But anyway, um, yes. National Album Day 2022. The theme of the fifth annual edition of National Album Day will be debut albums. Following from previous focuses like Women in Music in the 80s, the debut album theme will look to showcase a broad range of first album releases across multiple genres and decades from debut recordings that have gone on to become classics to those that are perhaps only now being fully appreciated or which in year, later years merit reappraisal. Uh, National Album Day 22 will take place on the 15th of October with Friends Ferdinand and Ryder being joined by KSI the Mysterines and the Staves as ambassadors. What a glorious medium the album is, Friends Ferdinand frontman Alex Capranos said in a statement. On the most basic level, it's a bunch of songs that sound good together. But what I love is that it's a moment in time for the artist and the listener, a way to define a period of a lifetime. It's the long form, a novel rather than a short story, a film rather than a trailer. Sure, you can get a panel of writers to construct a song to meet the, cri- the criteria of the algorithm, and that's a distinct skill, but it will never have the complexity or richness and deep reward of a good album. Further information about National Album Day, including exclusive events and releases, as soon as uh, as well as upcoming broadcasts on BBC Sounds, uh, are set to be announced soon. And uh, yeah, so I like this idea because... I am terrible for listening to albums these days and it is something that should be celebrated. We were all raised on albums. Do you know what I mean? When you had to buy an album and you'd listen to it from start to finish a million times. You know what I mean? Because you'd have to get up and physically go over and press stop or play or forward or rewind or whatever. And like an album tells a story, like he says, you know, so yeah, it's Mm. worth celebrating, I think. Um, So there you go. National Album Day. That concludes the five things you need to know this week, Nicola. There you go. Fabulous. Fabulous. How are you, friends-wise, for the weekend? Yes, I say, no, I've got a show tomorrow night and then I've got our friend Woody is doing a gig with his band on Friday oh, yeah. night. So, nice. out for that. But, of course, the kibosh is on it because Estelle is starting back swimming and gymnastics on Saturday morning. So, one of us will have to be up and out with her at the crack of dawn. So, that's the joy of being a parent. Happy days. Um... Yeah, it's her first week. And then short is out on Saturday afternoon. So that'll be double whammy hangover hell on Saturday. So I will, I'll probably not drink much Friday night as a result. Um, yeah, and then probably better off. And then um, Sunday, 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 Sunday. Might go to a show with the girls, actually. Take them to a kids' oh, nice. show. Because we haven't been to any. Oh, yeah. What's it called? That little one that was on Smith the and the Smooths. Smith's Smith the Smooths. Smooth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Effie hadn't asked me for ages. And then she asked me to read it last night. And I was like, oh, you know Aww. what? Let's go to this. She'd love it. So I try to go oh, to see that on nice. Sunday. And then just try to get my it'd life together. It'd be kind of so cool. It'd be like the girls' first fringe as well. Like, so we yeah. can. <laughs> they did we actually went to, went to a show really. last year. We did go to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that. And then, yeah, it's just busy, busy couple of couple of weeks you know so the summer is still busy so it's all good it's all good so um Mm -hmm. that's the crack yeah um yeah what about you you've got cold play oh my god yeah so we're um 
after I'm excited. you I'm excited. I'm actually kind of jealous as well. Yeah. I think it'll be good now. Um, I've seen good. some videos and stuff and it looks classic. They're doing the whole works as they always used to do the big balls and the color, you know, the yeah. wristbands and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, so I'm looking forward to it. So we, um, yeah, we had a bit of an ordeal with it, obviously, because it was supposed to be on this Friday night. And then because the underground is striking, they moved it to the Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And then we just couldn't afford another day off after, like, because their flights were the Friday morning. So we mm-hmm. worked out, well, one of Aoife's lovely friends was selling spending tickets. So we're going to be spending now, which I'm like, you know, Better. obviously it's brilliant to be there. But um, anyway, yeah, just after Lady Gaga, we were kind of got there late and we were miles back. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think... um. Yeah, it was stand for the first while anyway and see. I'm getting old. Even on Saturday night, we were in seats and I was actually beckoned delighted. <laughs> it was the heat. I'm yeah. definitely getting old. Like I, I usually, well, I used to love ascending, but um, I don't know. It's just, and Wembley's obviously massive, but I was there years ago for uh, uh, Take That and Robbie when he joined them yeah. again and they did that tour and it was brilliant. So, um, yeah, Never been good. to Wembley. Wembley. It's mad. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's cool. It's massive. It, it reminds me of Croke Park, you know, just because it's so big, the size mm-hmm. of it. Um. But it was cool. It was, I think it was well organized that time we were there for that. The only thing is that the, it's a disaster of a weekend to be in London because um, the train strikes, strikes yeah. are tomorrow and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, we'd normally get the train back to Sunset. There's engineering work, so we have to get the bus. So it's uh, just actually between having to change flights and all that, we just spent a fortune on this weekend because of that concert. So I'm like, it better be becking good. <laughs> oh, it'd be awesome. I've I'm, seen uh, great things about it mm-hmm. online, all the groups I'm in, the music groups and stuff. People are raving about it. Um, actually, yeah, Diane, yeah. the gang are going next week. And um, I sort of oh, said, I'm oh, if a ticket go. becomes available, let me know. I might go along, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I've got I a feeling that evening, so I'd be going over with a numb face if I was oh, going. But, no. Uh, no, I don't because, have a ticket anyway, you know, but if one comes um, up. But they're, you know, because of like climate change and stuff, they're like not going to travel much outside the UK mm-hmm. to tour. So like, I think go when you get your chance because they might not tour again now for another four or five years. Well, it was mm. five years ago last time they toured. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say if you can go, go, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I might see if I can get a ticket. Standing? Yeah. Standing, like yeah. Standing? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind standing. I'd, uh, I'm a stander. <laughs> oh yeah, no, of course. You'll always find somewhere to sit down if you're a stender, whereas the other, I'd hate to be up in the stands and wanting to be down standing. Do you know what I mean? So, um, Oh, yeah, totally. Although I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, (laughs) the older I get, the more I'm like, a nice seat. (laughs) (laughs) You can carry, yeah, yeah. Well, some things you can carry your seat in with you, you know that, but um, Uh, not in the stadiums. But um, Paul Lentini's announced tour for Ireland as well, if you're interested mm -hmm. in it. I think he's doing Cork as well. That'd be a great gig. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd show. say they're giving away tickets on the radio all week, actually. Next June. To... It's a long way away. Um, mm-hmm. One thing just to give a shout out to as well, our little cousin is doing a show in Soho tomorrow. So if anyone, well, today when this the podcast comes out, so I know it's a really big deal for her. So very proud of her. And uh, so it's in, I think, on Lexington Street, Karis's, um art show. So if anyone is in the London region and wants to pop along, um, I just want to give her a shout out because I know she's a bit nervous about it, but also very excited. So big shout yeah. out to Karis. You'll find her on Instagram, Dirty Murphy. That's with ease. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, good luck, Karis. Great. Good on you. You're doing amazingly. And yeah, we'll be back again next week, no doubt, with five more things. Uh, look after each other in the meantime, and see you all soon. Thanks, Nicola. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.